Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, Link, and Linktree. Find the shows for listening and downloading on our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Psalm 91, Refuge in the Time of Trouble, reminds us how close we need to be to our Savior and Lord. Here, if we leave the protective covering of the Lord, we are indeed in danger. America's Seven Abominations Be sure to count these for the end-of-day nations. However, you may be busy for a spell because we have many more sins than just seven. Weeping over national sins and laying prostrate before the Lord should be happening today. Prostrate before the Lord should be happening today. The real enemy today is our national and personal sins. These are evident. Persistent faith, perilous times, means survival can be at any cost. Many families know that such peril can mean starvation, no home, no place to lay your head, and even death. In Psalm 103, redeem my life from destruction. Psalm 103 sets forth the benefits of the Lord. Here the believer puts faith, obedience, and the Christian prayer warrior into gear, believing God to redeem his life and the lives of those around him. And on warn-usa.com, Prince of Peace, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 11, on Battle Lines. Since Since the first falling of Israel and her division into two houses, the tiny nation has faced hardship, yet the lineage of David, the promise of the coming hope, cannot be understated. And the Rising by the Watchman has been released. It's a Christian fiction thriller. When he who opposes rises, believers overcome by faith. We introduce a former black ops sniper named named Mac. He is a hardcore and one of the best at what he does. His work is secretive, elusive, and necessary, but he wanted out. You can find the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Ingram, Walmart, Google Play, Angus and Robertson, and many more. Any bookstore can order it for you, and it, the book can the ebook can be found on Google Play. Be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com, where you can visit our Christian books and resource shop where we feature the rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at 
warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Thursday night, tomorrow's yeah. Friday, we Yay. got a weekend. We always look forward to that. Well, you know, a lot of things are going on in this old country and the earth. And around the world. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the way we keep busy, sometimes it's... You know, you don't even know that the COVID thing is going on. I might make it to the store one time a week. Maybe. Yeah, maybe twice. And other than that, you know, I'm just working on the stuff. So are you. Yeah, and time's going so, we're so busy that time goes by so fast. We wonder where it went. We're almost... We only have a few days left, four days left of this month. Yeah. That's incredible. And I wanted to talk about this up front. The Rising is out. And you can go to our websites at danaglinsmith.com and danaglinsmith forward slash shop. And we have the books there along with other items. You can look at them and it'll say shop. You hit the button and it'll take you directly to where you can get the book and see the various uh, the hardcover and the rest of it and uh, we also have four days left this month it went by real fast and uh, we've had uh, some expenses in advertising and things we had to do but uh, our uh, publisher has a 50% off deal on books and in order for me to get in on it for everybody, I've got to come up with the money and uh, buy these books. And it's going to be probably f- close to $500. So at any rate, you know, for all those who listen and hear us, you know, now this isn't a dire need. You know, if, if God provides, you know, and helps us to get the books you know, whatever people can do, they can go to our website and donate some towards the books. Um, but uh, at any rate, we were kind of wanting them, but I'm not going to go into debt or put any more into it. it this has been uh, quite a uh, undertaking we've been doing. And so, uh, uh, you know, whatever you can do. And if you've never done anything, that's fine. If you can't do anything, that's fine. This has to do with the Lord providing because uh, I'm not going to take out a big credit card and go walk up and give them, give them any money. Uh, you know, we got some books because of, you know, simply because we published. And uh, beyond that, uh, and we figured they're going to do it again, but yet we don't know. The quicker that I could get these books, the quicker I can put a special together and uh, be able to offer these things at a at another rate. Although we'll have to put on uh, shipping and handling on it, uh, and uh, we're not really sure how we're going to handle shipping anything out of out of uh, the United States, the way things are. So we're not really sure about a lot of that. I don't know where COVID is, where you are, and all this other stuff, but everything is up, and it's just a mess in a lot of areas. It really is. Uh, The liberals are taking advantage of it, and uh, Canada and Trudeau, you know, the leader, he's a liberal, been a liberal for years. Uh, He's run into trouble with the United States over a lot of border and trade issues. Uh, So uh, we already knew what he was, a liberal, dying hard uh, liberal. And so uh, he's really, really pulled the wool over the people's eyes up in Canada, and they found out they don't have rights. And right now, one of the world's largest truck convoys is headed up to Ottawa, where the main headquarters of the everybody is. And uh, 
we're talking about 18,000 truckers at this that uh, has been suddenly laid off because of stuff done by Trudeau. And Biden's done the same thing from this end. So it, it, it is a living mess at times. These people care not about freedom. Nope. So at any rate, the rising, you know, I recommend you get in the rising, not just because I'm the author. Um, it's a fun read. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I've read it a lot. I've edited it. But this has things in it that will give you a prophetic and a different view of what is going on and what can be behind the scenes. Because I finished this book before the main part of COVID was even beginning. And uh, so um, that's the one thing that came out of all of this COVID and everything, getting the book finalized and getting it published. It's in there. We've got major market advertising that's going to be going out. And, uh, of course, all that's handled with LifeRich. And uh, I haven't seen the final drafts of the advertising yet. And uh, so at any rate, we're just plugging along and uh, we're keeping our eyes on the Lord. And so, uh, you know, check out the book, tell your friends about it. And uh, other than that, we're going to have to get going on this. Okay, so tonight my witnesses are found in every generation. And this is Isaiah's prophetic book, part 118. The generation of Judah's deliverance from captivity and the restoration of the temple and Jerusalem also had the witness as to the great power of Jehovah. Make no mistake here, the absolute authority of Yahshua is in your face. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Well, you know, she said it when she read that. This is really about sovereignty and the sovereign act of God and his deliverance, it talks, you know, and, and uh, it's interesting because this little section here uh, talks about my servant. And a lot of these, the last show we did, they were prophetic verses relating to the Messiah, Yahshua. And you have some verses that relate directly to uh, what happened with Cyrus. And so uh, we left off at uh, verse 10. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth, you that go down to the sea and all that therein is, the isles and the inhabitants. And uh, this relates the people celebrating divine mercy. And, you know, there's so many people that have a view of God as being mean. And uh, the generation I came out of, I, I knew and heard of a lot of them. That, that this was a jealous, mean God. But when you study uh, the scripture, and especially now, I've been in Isaiah for a long time now doing this, and I've come to recognize how God is really dealing with mankind. And even the things that's going through now, we can we can see the same thing. And this reminds me of Romans 15, talking about abounding in hope. And uh, there is so much that God has done. And so as we move to today, uh, let the wilderness and the cities lift up their voice. The villages that Kedar doth inhabit it. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing and let them shout from the top of the mountains. The thing that I find interesting in here is that that Kedar, that is the son of Ishmael. And of course, for today, if we're talking about Ishmael, we're talking about Arabs. Uh, you know, most of them are Muslims. But they're not all Muslim. Let the inhabitants of the rock, a stony region in Arabia, uh, and let them shout from the top of the mountains. And, of course, it does say, let the wilderness and the cities. Now, in our neck of the woods, when you're talking about the wilderness, <laughs> we've got some real wilderness. Uh, and uh, there's no cities around. And it is not cultivated. There's, you know, 
There's a lot of things roaming around up there and pristine waters and big animals, big, mean, nasty animals up there. But uh, we look at this, we can see the uncultivated areas. But see, the whole call here is to everybody in the region, and they were supposed to shout from the top of the mountains. Now, if you're in our area, we've got some tall mountains. And I don't think anybody would hear you from them, but you could sure try. Now, there are some. Albert Brooks says, Vatringa supposes that the mountains... of Perrin are meant, which are situated on the north of Mount Sinai. And the idea is that the dwellers in Arabia would celebrate the goodness of God and join in praising him for his mercy in giving a deliverer. Verse 12, it says, Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. Now, see, all this stuff's going to happen anyway. With Yeshua, we have the heavenly hosts appearing before the shepherds. You know, we have scenes in heaven from Revelation and vast multitudes praising the Lord. And so when you're talking about God-given mercy and delivering man from his state of sin, there is something to give glory to God. Now see, the whole thing that we're talking about in the context, however, is actually two contexts. One, there's a lot of verses that we've covered that relate this to, you know, that relate within these verses, a messianic definite messianic uh, of Yeshua. And then there's others that will directly be speaking to Judah who is in captivity and they're going to be delivered. And the problem with being in captivity and that is, especially if it's going to last a long time, and it was, you know, 70 years, and we could well call that a generation. A long time. You know, someone's been in jail 30 years, that's a long time. But you talk 70 years in captivity, so much has changed. But yet, all of a sudden, after all of that, there's a deliverer. And in the same way with Yeshua, when we look through all of the history of mankind, all the issues, the troubles, the flood of Noah, we look through, you know, the captivities of both Judah and the northern tribes. We look at the fall of Babylon. We look at the fall of so many things and the judgment of God in the Old Testament. And we also remember Titus bringing down Jerusalem and destroying the temple. This was after the Lord had gone to be with the Lord again, being at the right hand of the glory of God. And so... Isaiah 42.12 says, Let them give glory unto the Lord, here it's Jehovah, and declare his praise in the islands, all the far places, the distant places, the isles. And, uh, and when you look at this, when we're talking about Cyrus and his deliverance, we're looking at a local arena. Of influence. And he did it by strength of his own army. God called him and he brought down Babylon. 
and he freed the Jews, told them to go rebuild the temple and to rebuild Jerusalem. And so when we look at all the various places that they're talking about, why would they be declaring his praise in the islands? They wouldn't hear. The islands wouldn't necessarily hear. And so within this, all of this context, we can see a note of the Messiah's work and the Messiah's delivering uh, and everything that he's doing. Verse 13 says, The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man, and he shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. And there again, <laughs> you know, when when we look at this and we see, okay, the northern tribes were never brought back. Now, there was some left in the land because when a country gets defeated, the conquering army leaves some citizens to do the menial tasks, to do the fields and other things like that, uh, because they're not any threat to anybody. It's the men of war that they take care of. But when we talk about Judah, where the promises of the Messiah went through, they spent 70 years in captivity, and, and really for a country that should have known better especially, because they had the priests, the prophets, you know, the whole nine yards, and yet they fell away. And so once Babylon destroyed all of that, I mean, the priesthood was gone, the temple was gone, their political, you know, uh, setup, their, their, all those who, their political leaders, and in the prophets, they're known as shepherds, the ones who were supposed to be shepherding Israel properly, not just spiritually, which would have been the high priests and all those and the prophets there, but the political people. And Judah went the way of the northern tribes. Whenever they had a good political leader that followed Jehovah, they would all follow it pretty much. And when they had a bad one, like Ahaz and Jezebel, who followed foreign gods, everything went... <laughs> I laugh because I think of America today. You know, I mean, for four years we had Trump and the border was secure. We had one of the best economies in the world. We didn't have to worry about oil or nothing. Everything was almost, it was perfect, except the Democrats hated him. They hated him. And everything was perfect. It was safe and wonderful. And overnight, because of a cheating election, the Democrats put managed to get Joe Biden in, and everything today is the opposite, and it's worse, and it's terrible, and there's COVID, and it's a mess. You couldn't get any clearer picture of judgment in this country than what's happened now. So why did we go from good to bad? It's very simple. The Lord gave America a sign through Trump, believe it or not, of what America could be. And through Trump, I mean through Biden, he was sh he's showing you now what it will be. Not could be. It's not going to be good. It's going to be bad because this is the opposite. This is the call to America to repent right now during Biden. This is the call for the churches to be fasting and praying and doing everything they can. But see, we don't even see that in America. So prophetically, this does not look good at all. Not the way it's happening. And I, and I could spend some time telling you what what I see coming, but I'm not going to. But it's the same thing when you look at Israel. Different time frame. 
their messianic deliverer was Cyrus at the end of 70 years to get Judah out of the judgment that they got there because they disobeyed God. And God's bringing them back into the land. Well, guess what, kids? America is not Judah. America's not going to be sent into captivity for 70 years. It'll be sent into captivity and destruction. Unless we repent. And by the mercy and the grace of God, he gives us more time. And see, I mention all that because the next verse in verse 13 says, The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. This is, this is like a picture of the Lord. <laughs> Let's start when he was first on this earth, and he was beginning his ministry, and he was walking around, and he had crowds that followed him, and he had the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the lawyers all hanging around trying to find something wrong with him. Then he goes, raises Lazarus from the dead. He cures a blind man. A woman with an issue of blood is healed. And then there's other times he heals everybody that comes near him. And yet, all they could do was complain and gripe and begin to plot against him to murder him which he came to die. And he knew that Israel would reject him. But to as many as did receive him, to those he gave the right to become the sons of God, even to those who believe on his name. He, he went forth as a mighty man, as a mighty prophet. But see, there's another one coming. The same Yeshua. This time he's coming back as I am that I am. The Almighty. The Son of God. The Word. With the two-edged sword and the armies in heaven. And they're going to dis destroy the devil and his army. The devil, of course, is going to be thrown in the, in the dungeon for a thousand years. He will eventually wind up in the lake of fire. Never to be released. Now see, that's being a mighty man. He will bring down the kingdoms that are against him. One of the largest, greatest Gentile armies on the face of this earth is going to be destroyed by the Messiah when he comes. See, because when God begins to move, see, Babylon was tough. They had no plans of getting rid of Judah. But practically overnight, Cyrus destroyed him, and the Jews were free. It took him a while to get everything back in action, but it worked out. Now today, they're in the, <laughs> in the land, and it's not all the tribes that's there. And guess what? The nations of Gentiles are still trying to destroy Israel. Nothing's changed there. The UN has come up with some new stuff that they're going that they've already decided to go against Israel. <coughs> they're going to investigate them forever, try to find some that they can bring them down. Anything to harass them. That's what happens. See, still in the beginning, they they were God's chosen people, and the devil don't like that. And today, when you look at Israel, anywhere you go, Israel's known as the chosen people. They were there in the beginning. They knew Jehovah. And now at the end of times, the Messiah has come. He knows Israel too. When he comes back, they're going to know him. And you see, this right here, when we, when we speak of this verse 13... This is distinctly talking about the delivery and the appearance of the deliverance of Judah.
And, of course, then there's all the problems that arose from sin. And so you have a period of time following the captivity when Judah is being restored to the land, rebuilding the temple, and where the New Testament times are going to soon begin. So you see... Uh, a messianic figure in Cyrus in the times of the captivity while in the New Testament times you have the appearance of the Messiah to redeem not just Israel but the Gentiles of their sins. See, he's going to go forth in his might he will subdue his foes. He will deliver his people. There's a scripture I like. The Lord knows them that are his. Make no mistake. Although, you know, as Christians, you know, many today are persecuted for their faith and die. The Lord knows all those who are his. And when you talk about judgment in the world, God still knows his people. And there is still deliverance for his people. Now see, this is where we have some issues with the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib folks. I don't have problems with them because I don't even teach it. I don't care about it. Because I can tell you, and I've said this for forever, the church is going to get its tail feathers singed before they go anywhere. Tribulation, trouble, testing. The judgment will begin at the house of God first, and then shall the end come. But make no mistake, Yahweh God along with Yeshua, who is the Messiah, when he comes, in Revelation 1, he calls himself the Almighty. He's the one that was dead, resurrected from the dead. He has the keys of death and hell, and he says that he's the Almighty. Are you going to challenge him on that? Are you going to tell him that he doesn't have the right? i got news for you. You know, let's let's look at the Antichrist or the the beast when he comes. Divine evil, I mean evil, that has been given a place in prophecy. And when he comes, there are certain things he's going to be allowed to do. It'll be the time of darkness. You won't be able to stop that. That's been prophesied. But you look at Revelation 1. There's nobody anywhere. And the Father ain't going to do it because the Father gave him the power. Nobody's going to challenge him in being the Almighty. He has the power to resurrect. He has the power to damn. He will judge the nations. So you see, you have these two th things coming together in this section. In Exodus 15.3, it says, you know, it mentions a couple things. Yahweh is a man of war and Yahweh is his name. Another one, who is this king of glory? Yahweh strong and mighty, Yahweh mighty in battle. Psalm twenty four eight. See that's who they knew in the Old Testament. Of course today a lot of people still don't believe or accept the fact that Yahshua, Jesus 
is coming back as the Almighty. He was asked, show us the Father and we will believe. And he replied, have I been so long with you and you haven't recognized? You haven't recognized me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, he said. The Father and I are one. Distinct and individual entities, yet they are in one. United in purpose. And of course, that's a concept that a lot of Gentiles have a hard, anybody does, not just Gentiles, understanding. But the thing of it is, is that we have this Father who gave everything into his Son to take care of. In Isaiah 42, 14, <coughs> I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. <laughs> I can't help it. These things are, when I look at this, you know, you think like a travailing woman. You think of a woman in labor. Of course, today we got drugs, but in the old days, man, they could go screaming. Or a woman in mourning. But see, Peter talks about the patience of the Lord. And you see, for Judah, it was 70 years. That was a long time. At the end of seven years, you know, when you get up there, you begin to think, well... You know, there used to be a time when Jehovah paid attention to us. But you see, Israel had their prophets. They had Ezekiel. They had Daniel. So God was still moving. Matter of fact, some of the greatest prophecies we have, like in Daniel, for instance, came during the time of the captivity. God's greatest revelations. He was just judging Judah. Babylon couldn't stop the Lord. God did what he wanted to do. And he protected the people. He kept them alive. Those, There were those that died because they were wicked. I mean, that's the way it worked. Because God cleans house. And so we find within the judgment on Judah, the mercy of God and the Lord working to bring Judah to himself. And we see the Messiah who has come still working to redeem Israel. Matter of fact, I was posting some stuff today from Mao's Israel. It's the testimony of a Lebanese guy who was a Maronite Christian in Lebanon. And of course, you had the Muslims there, and for a long time they lived in relative peace. And then the war came, and finally Israel pulled out of everything in Lebanon. And he wound up being allowed to come into Israel because he was a Jew. He was born in Israel. Well, he was born in Lebanon, and he went back to Israel. That's what it was. But they were, they were Jews. And the story goes how he got back there and he was helped by 
a ministry outreach of Mao's Israel. He became born again, came to know Yahweh, Yeshua, rather, and is living a born-again Messianic Jew. And he ministers and works in Israel, has goals to help people. Very inspiring story of how he finally realized that what he had in Lebanon was just a nominal Christianity and he didn't really know Yeshua. But when he got into Israel, he really came to know the Lord and knew that he was born again. You see, I was raised in the Methodist Church. I knew all the stories of Jesus. But the Lord had to get me out of the church to get me truly born again and where I needed to be. Born again and saved and understand. See, just mere church attendance isn't going to save you. You have to know the Lord. You have to be born again of his spirit. And this Judah needed to know their God. Not just by keeping the law and the feasts, but by understanding who it is is doing this for him and why he's doing it. But even in their disobedience and God sending judgment, he found a way to bring them out of it and restore them. They got the temple back and get them back into a place where he could bless them and work with them. Now you see, this same mercy and long, long suffering is found in Peter. And you know this well, Second Peter 3, chapter 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as the thief in the night in which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversations and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's what God is all about. Long-suffering. Waiting until that very last moment so all who will come in will avail themselves of the opportunity. In verse 15 of chapter 24, I'll make waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs and I'll make the rivers islands and I'll dry up the pools. And of course, when we're talking about judgment, and of course, when he's doing judgment, he doesn't always have to use someone like Cyrus, but this case he did. But in this particular verse, he's seen here as a conqueror laying waste to the cultivated portions of the nations of his foes. The hills, the valleys, the lands, all the things that were plowed, the grains and the fruit. And when, whenever you have an army that comes in, and I don't care any time, whether it's in the time of Judah as it was here, or if it's in a modern time. If we had an army that went through America, they would raise all your factories. They would destroy all your grocery stores. They would take all your goods. They would pillage as much as they could. That's the way it happens. Look what Hitler done in World War II. He destroyed most of Europe. That's what a conqueror does. 
And so if man can be a conqueror like that, how much more should you fear this God and repent, knowing that he is able to do much more than that? So a lot of this language, although we look at it and we we place it in this section here with Judah and God and Cyrus and the judgment and warning the nations and going to do something to deliver Judah, we see this end times. We see the day of the Lord. Because on the day of the Lord, that'll be a day when the wicked will call upon the rocks to fall on them and hide them from him that sets upon the throne, for the day of his wrath has come. And see, understand that God is going to reach a point to where he will no longer put up with the whoredoms, the abominations and the sins of the Goyim, the Gentile nations, the heathen nations. And we look at them today as civilized nations. But I got news for you. Even in this recent COVID thing, we have a whole list of doctors that know the truth, researchers, the ones that were the ones that everybody looked to for truth on these matters. And they've tried, they've banned every one of them. But see, in essence now, the whole COVID shtick that they're pushing worldwide is one that is for power. Two, a lot of these countries are totally blind, and that's why we're starting to see it break, because even Boris uh, Johnson, the U.K. Prime Minister, done away with all the COVID mass stuff, and you have a lot of others that are doing the same thing. See, there's plots of the wicked going on. That's the point. And they think that they can do anything they want without reciprocity from the Lord. But even the sinner will get reciprocity. Whatever you do, you're going to be paid for. You're going to grow the fruit thereof. If you sow wickedness, you're going to reap evil, wickedness, and darkness. If you sow goodness and righteousness, especially you need to repent, then you're going to produce the fruit for the Lord. And you can find the day of the Lord, Revelation 6, 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, of hair, and the moon became as blood. The stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, which she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their place and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb note lamb <laughs> For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? I will tell you who will be able to stand. And that will be the followers of Yeshua, who are truly born again, and they are with him in the army as, as uh, the whole thing ends. And the thing about that verse tells us is that, you know, we hear the nations on earth denying the Lord God. But on this day of the Lord, they're all gathered, hiding in rocks, telling the mountains to fall on them, and they're admitting one thing that they've known all along. And this follows what Paul says in Romans 1. 
Well, what is it? What are you afraid of him? What are you afraid of? And they're speaking to the rocks, fallen us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. There's two entities here, the Father and the Son of God, the Almighty now coming back. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? For all their denial and all their wickedness and all their rejecting that there is a God or a Son of God and a Savior, when this thing comes to an end, they're going to be shaking in terror, and they're going to be admitting the truth that they've known all along, and they've been lying to themselves and everybody else, that when they said there is no God, they knew there was but they were lying. Welcome to the end of days and the judgment of God. If there's anything you need to get out of Isaiah, it's a fact is that God is a righteous God, and he's a God of recompense, and he's a God that's worked to bring his son, the Redeemer, to redeem mankind. All the way from Genesis, we can look all the way to the end of the book. There is redemption. And in judgment, there is mercy and redemption. God is providing a way to wake you up. And some of the hardest people to wake up are those who are in the church. And, of course, the church don't like me to say that. But I'm non-denominational. I'm an evangelist, and I'm a watchman. We are independent. We've been independent for a very long time. We've been in this ministry. And I'm here to tell you that it's time to seriously Get on your knees before God and cry out for mercy. And if you want America to survive, then you need to be crying out for that. But there's a plot underway right now to destroy this country and take it over and to get control worldwide. There's only one power that can do that. And there's only one power that would allow it to happen. It is time to awaken and seek the Lord. I thank God for these scriptures here because I go through them and clear as day I can see. I thank God that he delivered Judah. And today, and for a long time now, he's been redeeming the lost tribes of Israel, he's been bringing them back. Because a lot of the lost tribes of Israel are in the Gentile churches. God is bringing everybody back. And in our advocacy for the persecuted church, we see miracles and signs and wonders and people getting saved, the enemies of God getting saved. So while I see a lot of stuff happening in America, I see God moving worldwide. In the midst of despair, I see hope. The door opening tomorrow is filled with faith and not fear. For we look up and all the things that we see reveal to us that the Son of God is coming soon. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Touch your people, heal your people, deliver your people. Draw them to yourself, Jew, Gentile, Arab, whatever. Wake them up. Bring them to yourself and wake up America. Wake up Canada. Wake up some of these Gentile nations who have been so prospered at thy hand. Wake them up, shake them, and let revival begin in the hearts of those who are cold. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name. 
Don't forget, you can go over to our websites. That's where you can listen to all the shows. Matter of fact, all of the 118 parts of Isaiah are on our website. And I don't know if you're going to find them in all the places. We're on a lot of places where our podcasts are at. Some of them keep them all. Others, uh, like uh, Spreaker, I keep two years' worth of podcasts on it. So you can come to our websites. We have a lot of articles and stuff relating to the end of days. So be sure to come like this. Come over there. Check it out. Okay, Tower, when you're ready. Hey, I'm here. I, I like Isaiah and I. It's good. I just see the parallels of America and the world. Yeah. I like it, and I hope people enjoy this. It's a lot of work, and and it's a message to us. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yes. Years. Yes. And that's because I'm not going into it as just a... Speed. Yeah. And, and, of course, most of the time when you do this, you have people that do endless Greek and Hebrew, in this case, Hebrew, and do all that. I, I will relate a Hebrew word in its meaning, you know, if the context requires it. But this study in Isaiah is prophetic, and it's meant to bring people into the book. I'm not here to tell you every secret thing in Isaiah. I'm here to bring the word and let the word minister in your heart and hopefully people will search it out for themselves that's the idea whenever I write an article whenever I teach something I'm not here to tell you every answer God doesn't give you every answer not right away and I remember one time the Lord made it clear to me and yes he speaks. And although you may not know whether it's audible or not, you can hear him. And I'll never forget the words. And I know what he wanted me to do, and I did it. But make no mistake, you need to seek this God. You know, I, I seen an thing today I was working on with an article and there was a Christian guy that happened a number of years ago he'd been in the ministry he quit the ministry and quit Christianity yeah that's too bad that's sad and whenever you do that if you get far enough away it will be the worst you've ever been in your life and uh and you may not come back. No. That's scary. There there's no other there's no other sacrifice for sin. Once you sin grievously and walk away. When you become an unbeliever, you know, you stop following it, doing everything. There's no more sacrifice for sin. You have to get back under the blood and believe Christ. And I and I guarantee you, God's not done with that guy. Oh, I hope not. Because he will bring him to a point that if he thinks it's trouble now, he has no clue as to what's coming. That's for sure. So with that, we're going to have to get out of here. Well, we love you, everybody. We thank you for being here. May God grant you peace and health and life and safety. We love you and we hope the best for you in the Christ Jesus. Pray for us. We pray for you and especially pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. And thank you for all you do for Christ. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Until next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.